Yeah, alright. How's it going? So, amidst more construction work interruptions... Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted. I've now shut the window for all of your listening benefits. Today we're going to be talking about post-lockdown anxiety. Fun fun. So as the living version of the screen painting, I've definitely been giving this topic a lot of thought myself and a few people have brought it to my attention also. The government are announcing potential changes to lockdown on the 4th of July, I think, which naturally means there'll be nothing but confusion, hysteria and arguments online about what the hell the changes actually mean. And for a lot of people, it's less about that and more about the thought of returning to normal that is a little bit terrifying and that's perfectly understandable because I think that for all of us who've been continuing to work from home or even those who have still been going to work in places like the NHS or doing delivery work or that type of thing it's the thought of doing tasks that previously we wouldn't have given any thought to now setting us completely on edge and I suppose it's somewhat interesting to me because even though I know I have anxiety and I've dealt with it for a while, I would assume that if anything I should be well equipped to recognise and deal with post-lockdown anxiety. However, it's not exactly something we've ever had to deal with before. And what I mean when I say post-lockdown anxiety is the thought of doing things like going to get a coffee or meeting friends for food, going out for drinks. Now for a lot of people they can't wait to do these things but I think the vast majority of people are only concerned about the easing and lockdown restrictions in terms of seeing family and friends. And that's because obviously most people haven't seen their family and friends in a long time and there's little anxiety about that because in the majority of cases you know that your family have been quite responsible or you know you hope <laughs> so that doesn't really induce feelings of anxiety but when it comes to public things it starts to become a little bit less clear-cut now I've told everybody when the topic has come up that quite frankly the thought of getting on a bus in the middle of Salford fills me with a very very particular sense of dread because <laughs> these buses wouldn't have passed a hygiene rating if buses were obligated to have them which I think they should be prior to lockdown so I'm not really sure I have any confidence in them now and 
The thing about things like public transport is you're not only relying on the bus service to be responsible and hygienic, but also other people. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that I'm kind of sceptical about other people's commitment to giving a shit about the seriousness of the virus, because there are a lot of people out there who are convinced it is a government scheme to... I'm not sure if they they think it's a government scheme to keep us indoors or what, but half the people that assume that haven't been indoors anyway, so... I'm not really clued in on this conspiracy theory, so if anyone could elaborate that'd be fantastic. But public transport is obviously a huge one because all the government has done is consistently over the years tried to say get public transport, stop using your cars, please get on the bus, the tram, the train. Even though I don't know anyone who's ever managed to get on a train that's scheduled on time and arrived on time more than once in a week. The buses are a mess and are never on time and trams seem to be the only reliable form of transport in Manchester but they're packed to capacity and I'm starting to think we need one of those people on those train services in Tokyo, you know, who pushes everyone in and shuts the doors behind them. (laughs) If you haven't seen that, you're missing out. And then after all of these years of please, please use public transport, please we're trying to push all traffic in terms of car traffic out of Manchester and make it an absolute nightmare to get in the centre of Manchester in a car. And now it's please only get public transport if you have to. (laughs) So other people like me who never learnt how to drive and wouldn't have a car even if they did are put in a position where either, like me, they're very lucky and they know that they can do the work from home so it's not a current issue, or they are left an anxious mess thinking about the fact that they will have to get public transport but don't really want to. And (laughs) it's completely understandable because If you feel like you can't do your job at home, then you have to face quite a few annoying facts that you don't really want to. First of all being, you'll have to prepare yourself to get on public transport, and then you'll have to prepare yourself to sit in an office in most cases. So it's either an office or retail work or hospitality, but hospitality haven't opened back up yet properly. Now with offices, Anyone who's been in an office can attest to the fact that people do not clean up after themselves. People steal each other's mugs, which used to get on my nerves, even though I never actually brought my own mug in, I just, there was one there that no one used to use, I designated as my own, and then when other people use it, I get really angry. But point being, Anyone who's ever been in a shared kitchen in an office knows there's the people who clean up after the people who don't. And it's probably going to be the people who don't clean up that are back in the office first because they don't care. They're like, oh, I'm healthy. The virus won't affect me. And it's a little too Donald Trump's fake news for me to actually really see it as a valid viewpoint. It's kind of hard not to fall into a rabbit hole of thoughts of, well, if I go back into work, I'll have to do this, which involves this and that and this, and then you're suddenly thinking about how many door handles you touch on your way into an office. 
how much the handles on bathroom doors are cleaned, how many people have been in and out of the kitchen, how often your desk is cleaned, and before you know it, hand sanitizer is the new currency, and you refuse to even look in anyone's direction without a face mask on. And the anxiety is real, <laughs> and very understandable. And the thing about anxiety is it often gets a rep for kind of being irrational, but with a lot of anxiety, it, it does stem from irrational concern. And for people who couldn't tell with my accent, I was saying a rational concern into a chain of thoughts that sends you spiralling. So your concern might start off as, I have to get the bus to the office. And then you would think, well, I'll have to use contactless payment because I don't really want to be handling change because they've said not to then it would be I have to make sure that I have my face mask on then some people might be concerned about wearing gloves and then they think well I can't use my phone on the bus because if I'm wearing gloves it's cross-contaminating then you're thinking should I bring antibacterial wipes to wipe my phone down when do I take my gloves off is it once I get off the bus or once I'm in the office then it's how many doors do I have to open to get to the office? How many things do I have to touch just to sit at my desk? And when I make myself a brew, how many things have I touched that dirty bastards in the office haven't even cleaned for about two years? And that's just the first two hours of your day. <laughs> Let's not get started on things like trying to use microwaves, going to the toilet, who you sit in at a desk with, the changing the distancing rules as well. So it all becomes very, oh shit, what about this? Oh shit, what about that? Oh shit, what about this? <laughs> and I mean, I, I've dealt with that a fair amount just in general life, so I'm very familiar with the feeling. But I thought that maybe I would try and ease some people's worries, not with science, <laughs> because I'm not a scientist, and um, I, I, unlike the government, officials and MPs will admit that I'm not qualified to make certain statements. Thank you and good night. But one of the things you can do to immediately stop ruminating in your feelings of anxiety is when you're on social media, try to avoid news notifications. A lot of them will automatically pop up on your screen because you've not filtered your notifications. And the last thing you want, if you're thinking you will have to return to work imminently, is notifications on the death toll or on infection numbers. So filter them out, first of all. Then I would say try to unlook at decent news sources, because there's a lot of very questionable information out there. But the thing is, even if you do these things, the feelings of anxiety won't suddenly dissipate because I imagine a lot of people have had them for some time so whether you filter out the news or not they're still there and one of the things that perpetuates the cycle of anxiety is the what if so instead of thinking what if I get coronavirus which is the main point at which people are getting anxious is the potential to get the virus by whichever means you think is most likely. I would say that depending on your working situation and who you work with, communicating this with people you work with would be advisable. 
Because the thing is, you are most definitely not the only person who's probably very apprehensive about returning to work. And if you suddenly then become aware that other people are, then it might ease you a little bit knowing that other people are also taking precautions towards going back to work. Because I think the main issue is that people trust their own ability to try and be responsible but we don't trust other people and it's not surprising really is it because I'm sure we've all been out and about recently and seen some questionable and dangerous and risky behaviour and it would comfort us all a little if we know that the people that we're about to be getting back to work with and sneezing into open air like a five-year-old with a snotty sleeve so that should also be one way that could help another thing to do is basically now this will sound absurd to people but it's mainly for the purposes of actually just bringing you some comfort as opposed to possibly being used on a regular basis is sort yourself out a little pack of items such as maybe a couple of pairs of disposable gloves, masks, disinfectant wipes and hand sanitizer. Now if you carry them around with you, oh and I would also say a mug, your own mug or um, reusable travel cup, then it might limit your anxiety to know that you can disinfect stuff that you're bringing in and out of the office, um, things like laptops, keyboards etc and you are limiting your contact with things other people are coming into contact with. Now, there will always be an argument with anxiety of what is enabling and continuing anxiety, you know, promoting the maintenance of it. And I know that a lot of people would consider carrying around all that type of stuff to be promoting feelings of anxiety. But people also need to be aware that, (laughs) you know, it. It might be comforting to some people to be aware that they have things there if they need them and this isn't going to be a permanent solution or a permanent fixture in their lives but if it eases them back into things then I would argue that in the short term it is most definitely worth it. And also, I mean... (laughs) I was never really one for sharing cups anyway, I get very territorial about stuff like that. I didn't even like it when people used to sit in what I considered to be my chair. And if you're lucky enough to sit in an office space where people don't move around often, then lucky you, mark that space out. I'm not saying going to work in a hazmat suit because you don't want to look like an extra from Breaking Bad, okay? But... (laughs) It is totally normal to feel slightly concerned about returning to work. Now, in terms of things opening back up again, I would say that um, is <laughs> it's unsurprising that people feel completely on edge about it. Things like cinemas. I mean, <laughs> personally, I don't know people that will be rushing to go into a cinema right now, considering the floors like always sticky and there's popcorn everywhere and cinema toilets but you know whatever I would say that you should look at it as a process of reintegrating so you don't have to go from 
if you've been isolating or you know you've been minimizing any contact and only going out when absolutely necessary I would say possibly arrange to go for a socially distanced walk with one person outside of your household it's a great way to get your foot in the door because it's with somebody that you know and trust and I think that yeah they will be reducing the distance and rules to maybe one meter but it's all about what you're comfortable with and you can go for a short walk with this person wherever and not only do you have a chance to catch up with them again and possibly speak about the fact that you're both riddled with anxiety but it's also a small step into going back out again and doing stuff things like going to a drive through for coffee or getting takeaway coffee and food these are all small steps that you can take to start to return to normalcy because it's not just going to be a jump from I've not gone out at all to let's go for a trip to the cinema even though it makes me want to die inside if you're thinking about doing things like going back to shopping again so clothes shopping other retailers then I would just say try to go if possible at a time in the day where you think it will be less busy which sounds like common sense but you know often we go when we can be asked going which tends to be when everyone else can be asked going <laughs> so it's just small adjustments because we can all slowly get back into the rhythm of things but we're creatures of habit and if you've been sat in your house minimizing contact as much as possible then starting slow will be the best way to avoid ending up like the screen painting and me because you don't want to be like me <laughs> i'd ask people on my instagram for something that's annoyed them to feature at the end of the episode and i had two things because you're all snakes and nobody replied <laughs> One of which was illegal raves, to which I'd say this is exactly why people feel anxious going back out and about. Please don't go to illegal raves. Listen to me, I'm your mother now. And that little annoyance was from my friend Beth. And then Holly also replied to the Instagram story saying that the fact that she could go out to the Trafford Centre but not yet see her boyfriend was a point of annoyance, to which I have to agree entirely because the thing is I have trust in my extended family and friends more than I do people walking around in the Trafford Centre because one it's like a sauna and two I've never seen so many people sneezing and coughing in one place and I've not been there in like four years but (laughs) the main message from this is don't be like me don't use other people's mugs clean up after (laughs) yourself Well, I'm only half joking, but it is normal to feel nervous about returning to normal, even though I would like to stress that it's not really normal yet, and that's not a bad thing. You can take your time to reintegrate and just know that most people are feeling some form of anxiety about it, so you're not alone. And tell the dirty bastards in your office to wash up the shit and I bet that'll go down really well (laughs) but yeah no hazmat suits and 
I hope that you're all doing well and if anyone has any suggestions for episodes, stuff they'd like to cover or stuff they'd like some very questionable advice on, please do DM me on Instagram at just don't get me started and I hope that this was useful and it probably wasn't useful so thanks for listening this long if you have and have a good one. <laughs>